Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurred. That's a um, black blurred. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's a brand new episode of Minority Corner happening right here in your ear holes. That's a weird phrase to say. But y'all, guess what? Lauren Carter is here with breaking news from Twitter about Adele. Oh, child. Stay tuned to find out what that is all about. Y'all, Britney is free. Hashtag freed. Past tense, Brittany. And we couldn't be happier. Y'all know we could not be happier. But Jessica Simpson might need to read the room with her announcement of her also being free. And perhaps some deep dive tea into Jessica's longstanding feud with Brittany. I got the tea. A one-sided feud. At that, I'm not sure that Brittany was aware. Uh, it's hard when you're all up in the front. You can't tell who's sad behind you. Drake and Travis Scott owe us some answers as we discuss the tragedy that happened recently at Astroworld. And because Lauren Carter is such a fan of Drake, we got to make her uh, defend defend him. He's on trial with the public court of opinion, the court of minority corner. Then we discuss Passing, starring Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. Am I saying that right? I think so. It's such a powerful movie that deserves its roses and all the attention. So good, we discuss, because I am shook about this film. It's Christmas, which means Mariah Carey is resurrected this time of year, and our queen of Christmas has a new partnership we didn't know we needed. And then in the main corner with Thanksgiving here, it is always just such a, every year, my growing discomfort for this day just continues to grow, and I'm sure I am not alone just knowing the genocide of indigenous folks and the, and the continued invisibilization of this community. I recently attended a Native American indigenous heritage talk, and I will download the insights to you all, dear listeners, along with ideas of how you can appropriately partake in the holiday while giving true thanks and respect to whose land this truly is. Such a jam-packed, stuffed, full episode coming at you right now. It's time to learn, laugh, and play on Minority Corn. Breaking news. Breaking on the podcast. Adele has a new boyfriend, and he's black. Ooh, Rich Paul. Wow. We might be talking about this today. We might actually already be in the show. I'm here for that. Let's talk about this. This literally just showed up. I'm over here while you're getting us warmed up. Um, and set up and lo and behold, cause you know, I stay on Twitter. Yeah, um, I, I feel know. like I said that last time. <laughs> you are my connection to Twitter. I, you keep me abreast of like what's going on on Twitter. <laughs> you do. I'm like, Oh my God, did you see this tweet? <laughs> do you handle it? I find, I just understand how you do it. Like it's... you have to wait for the test to build. <laughs> so that's like two minutes <laughs> and get a lot of information in two minutes. My love language is tweets. <laughs> <laughs> So breaking news. We're starting off with breaking news today, straight from Twitter. Adele is opening up about her latest love, who is apparently sports agent Rich Paul. 
Um, I really don't know much about him. Um, so I'm. But like, you do. What you do know is he's black. He's black. The most important she, thing. She is apparently she is getting an invitation to the cookout, which we already knew. I mean that voice. That but as she sense. wore those Bantu knots last year. She learned. But you know what? I had a conversation with somebody who is UK adjacent. When you read it, like, it's just different over there. Not mm. saying that, like, I forget. I have to go back and listen to that old episode. But we can't. There was something that made me realize, like, oh, okay. I think I did hear this. She learned She learned from it a bit. She did she it. Po- she she had, admitted yeah. she was wrong. And yeah. she admitted that she was trying to embrace the culture, but overstepped her boundary. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is is what people expect now just say that you're wrong and just move on okay switching gears here for a moment i do want to highlight this to make sure we do cover this so uh november 20th is trans day of remembrance and we talked about this before on the show when we're talking about uh why dave Chappelle's last stand-up is problematic but 2021 has been the deadliest year on record for trans folks in the U.S. with 45 reported homicides against trans folks. And this is coming from the Human Rights Campaign. Um, And, you know, these numbers are actually likely grossly underrepresented because the experience, the violence experienced by trans folks uh, goes very unreported. So there's not necessarily a lot of data around this. So um, I'm going to be linking into the show notes the Anti-Defamations League, uh, the Anti-Defamation League's Pyramid of Hate. Um, really amazing uh, sort of way that they kind of um, oh look you can even look at this pyramid too so they explore it in terms of uh, you know essentially like how things can lead like at the very top of the pyramid it's like genocide and you're like what that seems like a reach but things build on top of each other and lead there so at the base and this is why you like fight different efforts uh at each level before it gets to there so you have like biased attitudes at the base uh then on top of that it's acts of bias that happen and then that leads to discrimination and then bias motivated by violence which that's kind of where we already are when we're seeing these record numbers and then the next up is where you have genocide which we've seen like this is not an impossible leap it has happened within like the last century to different groups of people and in, in happens, our own country and happens today around the world you know so just wanted to point that out today and even in our own country absolutely americans try to absolve themselves of genocide all the time we didn't do that i know this is this is leading into my corner a little bit this is so leading we'll into back. my corner too okay we'll be there <laughs> americans lead to genocide but it's like again like even on that note which we'll dive into in my corner around native american heritage month but like i mean i do honestly always find this the i find like every year thanksgiving gets more and more uncomfortable to like gather around um and and there's one thing like I've been able to excuse it as like a, a like you know oh, we're black like you know we're coming together because you know we we're eating our macaroni and cheese and we're just giving thanks and things like that but it's still like the foundation and basis of it and so we'll talk about this in my corner of like things that we can do to also acknowledge the genocide that happened and and the original intention the behind history. the history yeah. behind it like what you know so there's things that stick around folks we're you're not anti Thanksgiving you just want to rebrand it. Yeah, yeah, do something different. I or just mean, who wouldn't want to eat a lot of food and sit around and be grateful for all the friends and family? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I just think there's bringing, but how do we also it's a bring? Weekend built into the how weekend. do we bring in 
the indigenous ancestors into mm-hmm. the conversation yeah. there as well. Totally. I feel like they're uh, often forgotten people in conversations, especially when we talk about uh, underrepresented groups. Mm-hmm. They're not one that people think about often. Even when you and I have conversations, we're not often talking about Native American folks. Um, so, oh, but yeah. we will be today. I'm but uh, hashtag freed Brittany, like because this. Yeah, freed. she's free now. I was so now it's hashtag for that. freed. I'm surprised um, that wasn't on our agenda today. I know I was, but you know I was like, oh, I'm sure the kids already know. I literally it is kind of anticlimactic. I've literally been talking about it week by week, and, and then she's it. finally free, and I'm just like, anyways, moving on. So yeah. let's talk about Drake. But she's captured my heart. Like I am part of the Brittany army, always reporting for duty. Um, oh, I have some tea though. Okay, I'm ready. This I'm ready. Not... Don't stain, but spill. Okay, so I don't know if you saw this, but so, <laughs> so Brittany on on last Friday, Freedom Freedom Friday, as we'll call it. I have been following, like going back to her account because I knew I was coming here and I've been listening. So, <laughs> okay, so I, but look how it wasn't on the agenda, but I'm always prepared to talk about Brittany. So on that same day, Jessica Simpson did a post, and she was like almost, <laughs> she was like. I'm free too, everybody. It was like, Jessica, today it's not about you. I guess she finally All got- lives matter, <laughs> Jessica. Your house is not the one that's on fire. Um, her, apparently, her big thing was that, like, she didn't have, like, the legal rights to, like, her her brand and her name, and she finally got it. Like, because she has, like, an, an empire, like, her own- Brittany or Jessica? Jessica. Okay. Jessica didn't have the legal rights to, like, a lot of her, like, her perfumes, and she has a clothing brand. Yep, yep. I have stuff. some of her shoes. And so, you, well, not all that money was going to her, and now- I'm sorry. But she did a post, and she was like, I'm free too today, everybody. We're like, Jessica, today is not about you. First of all, did you have a hashtag? No, it's like if a tree falls and no one hears it and it ain't got a hashtag, did the tree really fall? Like you, it wasn't a real movement. We didn't know about you. Today is not about you, Jessica. And then I found out recently. Was she in a conservatorship or she just didn't have the rights? The she, was thing, she like, was it like some Taylor Swift thing where like she just didn't have the rights? She doesn't have the rights. So also to come out like again on Freedom Friday and like to be like, oh, I like it's not was not the same thing. She was not like they did not put in, forcibly put an IUD in her, tell her that she couldn't drive with her boyfriend. Right. She just didn't have, she, she just didn't get all the money she was supposed to get from those brand <laughs> selling. And then just like again, read the room, Jess. Not today. Not today. She could have done it the day before, the day after. She Two chose days that later day. On Monday. She could have. Okay, here's the other thing though. Apparently the feud with Jessica Simpson, no, the, there's apparently like like I Jessica and Brittany. I believe this. It's two blonde women. Well, here's the thing. Apparently, Jessica's always getting beat to the punch. So I have a friend of mine who confessed to me that she read. Actually, you all know her, or if you listen to other Maximum Fun shows, uh, Renee Culver, co-host of Can I Pet Your Dog, confided in me. I'm just spilling her business. That she just out there in the street. Yes, listen. You tell me. You tell me anything. She might not be your. She might not be your friend anymore. She'll appreciate this. I had to. We went down this pathway. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. And here we are. She confided in me that uh, she read Jessica Simpson's audio, read Jessica's book. And then it turns out she listened to the audio book. And apparently there's been this like ongoing thing where Britney's always beaten Jessica to the punch. Apparently in the book, Jessica talks about how she was in the running for the Mickey Mouse Club the same year as Christina Aguilera, Carrie Russell, J.C. Sauze, the other guy from NSYNC that we don't talk about here on the podcast. And uh, Jessica, (laughs) Brittany went in before her audition and it like fucked with Jessica's head. And Jessica was a ringer. She was a ringer. They had been bringing her through the Disney camp. They're like, oh, she's going to be on the show. 
Britney came in, got in her head. She bombed her audition. And then apparently they were going to have eight kids that year. Her audition was so bad. They were like, it'll just be seven this year. <gasps> Ouch. It gets worse. So then when she's like, that's fine. I'm going to go get a record label. And she was touring around. And she was about to have this contract with Jive. And then they were like, ooh, you know what? We just signed a little blonde girl who looks just like you. Her name is Britney Spears. <laughs> so then on Freedom Friday, she's like, I'm free too. And Britney's like, hashtag freed Britney. And no one's ever like, Jessica, get out of the way. It's not about you. <laughs> Listen, I feel like maybe she needs to go to therapy <laughs> and unpack that a little bit. A lot. It's a lot to deal with. We're always getting beat by the same person. As an athlete, I understand that. Maybe I don't understand that because I was always kind of. You were the person beating the other person. You're like, like, oh, yeah, I saw Susan from behind. She was behind me. I I was that person. Um, You were, you you know what? There's always someone who's your Britney. That's fair. But at the same time, the trouble that they go through because it's a lot to be at the top. But the thing you got to remember is, and I always. So I've been dis- debating whether it's run in your own lane or swim in your own lane. I've decided it's swim in your own lane. How come? Matt, Tell Matt us and I more. talked about Tell this. Us more. So when you run in your own lane, you don't lose that much by looking to the side. But if you swim Ooh, and you're looking at somebody else, you, you lose. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, yeah, you lost it. Yeah, you lost it. So you got to swim in someone else's you lane. You got to swim in your own lane, <laughs> yeah. and you and like you have to define your own mm, what success is that's to you. True. We all, we, you know, there is this American cliche of like sex, money, power is the definition of success. Isn't like, that a Drake it, song? <laughs> no, I think that comes from way back in the day. But you did make me question myself. <laughs> I saw because he because he does allude a lot to the past. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I I do. You're you're absolutely right. And actually, it goes Feels to the like point. Like a little Kim thing, actually. Oh yeah, she was sex, money, and power. Yo, that was fair. Um, but my therapist was saying too. You're right. Like you know, what is yours is yours because I don't know if you remember that. Uh, Deborah Cox song. How did you, you get, get here? here? Did you know that song was originally written for Patti LaBelle? And Patti LaBelle was like, "Uh, uh-uh, child, I gotta make macaroni and cheese," and she like was like, "No." But why? That's my Patty. That's Patty LaBelle. Take it off the road. Don't, don't do that to Patty. <laughs> She's always doing something else. She's like, child, no, I ain't got time for this. What do you want me to sing? Uh-uh. Well, no. she knows where her success and She's her like, happiness is. She's like, where's my shoes? Like, she... if you ever go see her on concert, she's like, I gotta get a pair of shoes. And like, like when Janet performed, she's like, someone come up here and we're gonna do a sexy dance. And Patty's like. Help me pick out a pair of shoes. <laughs> Listen, she knows where her she's swimming in her own lane. You know what? Yes, and she's so, focused on what she has to do. But here's the thing: I said because like I was uh, hemming and hawing if I wanted to take on this other, you know, this role. If I was going to audition for this thing, and my therapist was like, "You not doing that part or role does not take away from what is meant for you." In the same way that like. Patty LaBelle not singing. How did you get here? I feel like you can never just say the name of that song. You have to like sing it. Uh, but it doesn't take away anything from Patty. You know, like her right. not doing that song. Right. We still love her. She's and it fantastic. gave Deborah a few minutes to be seen. I mean, that's what she's famous for now. <laughs> Enjoy that. So you are right. Yes, absolutely. Follow your lane. And I like how you distracted us. Now we don't have any time to talk about Drake and his Astro World shenanigans. But I will I mean, just as are we are they his shenanigans? Let's be honest. He was headline he says was on this Drake issues first statement on Astroworld, which y'all know Astroworld, which was that festival in Texas. 
that people died. People were dying. People died during Travis Scott's love. There it is. Of raging. There it is. It's Travis Scott's concert that doesn't make that does not that does not divorce Drake from responsibility. Um, but part of I mean, I think the person who needs to own the most responsibility in my mind is still Travis Scott. Uh, I have never been to a Drake concert and I have been to pretty much every single one since like 2015. Um, and I have never been to a Drake concert where people are rushing the stage and there's violence. Uh, you know, Drake does culti- try to, cult- I mean, this is probably to your point earlier, try to cultivate an atmosphere of love, yeah. right? Um, he doesn't, I don't think he promotes violence the same way Travis Scott does. And this is not the first instance. And again, that does it, not right. absolve Drake yes. of the incident. But I think, you know, Travis Scott being the headliner and having a history of violence. I also have a lot of questions about like, why is Drake on the stage? Like, did somebody sign this contract and like he just didn't know about it? Like, I don't, and, I don't know. It is true, and I will say that I just saw this headline and knew you were coming, and I was like, ooh, I need to stir the pot. So, I mean, that's the only reason why it is here. And as the attorney of Drake, like you can rest your <laughs> the case. The attorney of Drake, sorry, wrong child, <laughs> wrong child. You can rest your case. Drake has been cleared of all charges here on Minority Corner. He's been cleared of all side eye and like finger pointing here on Minority Corner. All right. But I will say, like, reading the Astro World, like, uh, what happened, it's incredibly heartbreaking. Um, it was a. It's also nerve wracking, right? Because we are people who like to go and to concerts. I was just at. I was just at Outside Lands Music Festival recently. Oh, that's right. And so we saw Lizzo. She was phenomenal and amazing. Uh, I, I was going to actually, men- I recorded um, a song for you. It was Lizzo's version of I'm Every Woman. And I was yes! like, oh, let me s- record this and send it to Lauren because that's your jam. It is. It's my jam. <laughs> you were like, ooh, you're like, uh, I don't know if Matt knows this, but I'm about to listen to this on repeat all day. <laughs> Get a record. <laughs> but so. Um, for the record, I still have not gotten my own space for my records. Oh, okay. So we well, work we on need that. Them. Yeah. yeah. But I was reading a, a play-by-play of, you know, what happened with Astro. And also, apparently, you know, Live Nation also has – this is yes. not the first time that something like this has happened. Exactly. Uh, with You know, um, that. But apparently, the Astro World, like, it was – shenanigans like all day there was an instagram video where i'm not even i'm not exaggerating when i say this it was about 100 to 200 people rushed the security gate it's I a have horrifying never, video i have never seen that i've, I've seen it's like a stampede it. yeah i've it never seen that at a concert or a festival people just rushing in so that also means because things are a little bit slower you know vaccination checks and they have to you know security and all this stuff and people just rushed in so one you already got folks in there who are wiling out we don't know if they all have tickets are they supposed to be there and then i was reading this account where there was this one woman and she was saying it was wild like all day where they went to go see one artist and they were like, oh, let's go to the front. And they could just feel like every artist, it wasn't, it was leading up to Travis Scott. So apparently like, all day people were constantly rushing towards the stage. So it was like was- a constant thing. And then she was saying like, just hearing her account, she was like, she was like, as the concert was, and this is not even Travis Scott, it was another artist they were watching. And she was like, I feared for, I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, we got to get out of here. And now I realize, like when we went to go see Lizzo and I, some of my friends were like, not wanting. I'm like, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I want to go up there. Mm-hmm. Let's be in the middle I'm of like, it. I'm going to stand in this corner. <laughs> I can see Lizzo just fine over That's here. That's where my, some of my friends were. They're like, oh, we're far enough. And we were, we stood off to the side, but kind of like middle, we were middle front. I would say like to the front of the middle off to like the side. 
And now after reading this account of, you know, so if you don't know what ended up happening was, you know, people were just rushing, rushing the stage, rushing the stage, pushing up against people couldn't breathe. Some of the kids who were smaller, there's one guy who was like, thank Nine year old died nine, yesterday yeah. or today. Yeah. And there was a guy who was like, I'm so grateful I'm so tall because he could, some people couldn't get oxygen. There was another guy who was like, I had mosh pit experience. So I was able to like, you know, fend for myself. For those who can't see, I'm shaking my head really hard. But I was, uh, I it was, how many people died? It was like 20 people I, died? No, I, I, you know what? I'm not going to put a number to it because okay. I don't remember. That's how rumors get started. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't want to start a rumor. <laughs> I don't want to misinform. People, yes. So I, it's interesting because that really, again, I don't want to absolve anyone of responsibility here, but I think it also does fall in line with some of the things that have been said that like a lot of time artists on stage can't see people in the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that aligns with, I mean, I don't know if this is totally true because I think Travis Scott really needs to understand his role in a lot of these he things. He tried to stop the show twice. He oh, I did. didn't hear that. See, oh, I saw a this, clip. Is ir this is irresponsible See, reporting. <laughs> yeah, he tried. I saw a clip. He tried to stop the show and he did. It was like auto tune. It was like, hey, we need to stop the show. And like, you know, the mu he'd be like, but keep the music playing. Keep the music playing because he didn't want like the energy to yeah, die. Yeah, he's just but trying to like, like was, Selena with the quiet lips. You know, everybody get quiet. <laughs> But yes, he he did actually like uh, a couple times, and then I saw a clip of like people trying to get to like where the lighting guys were and be like, oh, "You gotta stop the show." But like, if I'm a lighting guy, it's like, well, what am I gonna do? I, my job is just to hold the lights. Like, you know, if I turn it off, people will freak out even more. <laughs> and he's on rate, you know, he's on calm. He's got to listen to like what's going on. So. Nine deaths reported by officials. Okay, I was gonna say nine, but then the little boy was also nine, so that was a confusing thing for me. Yeah, so it's it's it is. I mean, it falls very much in line. And I'll tell you, as someone who likes to stand at the front, one of the reasons I don't like to do that, um, and this is going to age some people listening to this, but I grew up in New York, and I remember being in my late teens, and there was a fire that broke out in a small club in Manhattan. Ooh. And a lot of people died because they didn't know where the emergency exits were. Mm. And my father walked into my room and he said to me, I don't care where you go. You always know where the exits are. Yeah, that's what my mom always said to you the other day. I was at Whole Foods and I was very alarmed because there was only one direction for ex uh, for uh, exits. You didn't, you didn't look hard enough. And I think in every building there has to be two exits. It's the law code. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come on back. Uh, I think I talked to you about passing and then uh, we'll come on, come on back. You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie, but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast, Feeling Seen, with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts. Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. 
I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, I can't believe I got to go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Okie dokie. All right, so I have to talk to you about Netflix's passing, starring... Tessa Thompson. Love Tessa Thompson. And Ruth Nega, who is British, I do believe. Yeah, she's British, but she's talented. <laughs> Are you checking her name? I was like, I was I'm like, wait, pretty did sure I, did it's I, Nega. I just want, I was like, did I hear that <laughs> right? Am I saying her last name right? N E G G A? I'm pretty know. sure it's know. Ruth Nega. There's no other way to say this. Ruth Nega. Ah, uh, that actually sounds <laughs> a little more accurate. <laughs> Ruth Nagaga. Well, anyways, Tessa and Ruth, we'll say, um, are in this movie called Passing. So it's based on a 1929 novel by Nella Larson. And Tessa plays an upper Harlem aristocrat, aristocrat who's involved with the Negro League. Sometimes she dips downtown to pass for white, and then she runs into her old childhood friend, who Ruth plays, who is full-on passing as white. Like, full-on passing as white. And she's married to a white man, Alexander Skarsgård, from True Blood, who you might remember. And he has no idea that his wife is actually a black woman. And what is so interesting about this film is, is that it's actually shot it's shot in black and white. It's, Love it. And, and what I thought was so smart about this choice is that it even makes their skin tones even harder to see because they're very light skin. And so we shoot on black and white, and I'm sure they did stuff with even lighting to even probably, like, make it sort of like, oh, like, oh, yeah, they are absolutely, like, passing in this world of black and white um and you know it also makes like the black characters their tones even pop even more and so it's just it's so fascinating the stakes are so high this is like the 1920s the stakes are so high um because you're just like oh these women like i hope like nothing you know terrible happens to them and the movie is also done in such a very artistic way it's not what i thought the movie i was like oh i want to watch this movie but like it's very sort of art it's like a it's like an art house film, but also a very 1920s film where it feels very like 1920s. Even the way that it's shot, it's not like full screen. It's like square, like a okay. square picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's shot on old school film. And it has this sort of like indie f- like feeling to it. The way the storytelling is, um, it's it's and they really throw you into this world of the 1920s. And it was really interesting also to see like. I am so fascinated every time I see like black aristocrats from like that that time period of, you know, uh, you're just something few and far between. But it's something you just don't really see. Like I think the first time I really saw it was in Octavia Spencer's uh, movie about her Netflix series about Madam C J Walker. That was Girl, a lot. I am so far behind on my movies. <laughs> oh, put it on the list. It's on, it on the list. list. It's in the Netflix. But <laughs> you know what? It's. It's bad Netflix Christmas movie season, so, so we might be running through those. We might take a pause. See you in January, Octavia Spencer, <laughs> Madden C.J. Walker. And what passing is so interesting. Uh, so again, the idea of uh, passing is was this thing that you know black folks would do or people of color would do 
and to pass as white and in some cases it was like for one it was like a badge of honor to be able to right. do that and two survival i can trace back to i believe it was my uh great great relatives had told my great grandmother who could pass and they were told she was told not to marry someone of darker skin because she could pass like and right. you know it's a, it's a survival technique it and was it's just interesting because like now as black people we talk about colorism and how the impact that that has had and it is divisive mm -hmm. i think is the best word for that um i mean d colorism in itself is divisive um, but I think what has happened, you know, by these people not want, not being able to accept themselves again, this is, I feel like pointing a little bit to things I'm going to be talking about later. Um, you know, having that shame for themselves, it is creating divisiveness mm -hmm. within the community mm -hmm. late further down the line. Yeah, no. And it, it stays. And here's a few things that like about like this movie, like it, it really blew me away. It's such a beautiful film, the way that it's done. And there's also layers to this passing because I started picking up on some like lesbian undertones and I'm like, oh, passing in other ways as well. You know, um, there's even, it's even I been a thing. I am not surprised Tessa Thompson brought that to the table. <laughs> of course, you bring it all the way. Like, I really love, I mean, Tessa is like A-list millionaire. Like she can green light projects, you know? And, and she's, I love that black people are in that kind of position. And she's been doing it a lot. She did it with Sylvie's Love. She's also been telling a lot of like black historical projects that are not about like, they're not all like, you know, the slave narratives or like, like they discuss lynching, but the focus isn't necessarily in it. You really get a snapshot of what it was like to be black. They have conversations of like, when is it appropriate to tell your kids about lynching, which is like very like, again, and that was the back. talk that they had. Isn't we're that wild? It, put a pin in that. We're putting oh, a pin in it. Okay. We're coming back. We're coming back okay. to that. We're putting a pin in that. And so it just was it's so interesting though. to hear like what the conversations of that time period were, or the parallels of what is happening today and also how colorism in this film also shows up where how lighter skin who I don't this isn't too much of a spoiler but you know they have a black maid who's very dark skin and the way that Tessa Thompson's character kind of speaks to her it's very interesting and layered even within the story um and let me tell you though this thing I the ending and I almost hesitant to tell I'm not gonna tell you what the ending is but I'm just gonna tell you I was shook by the ending and because you just didn't see it coming or you didn't know, oh, that's where we're going with this film. Like the ending, I was shook. Jaw was on the ground. I texted everyone I could of like, I needed to, I was like, I am shook right now. I'm not just telling people, <laughs> I am shook. I and, love that. I love was, watching films like that. And it was very nice. If you ever watch movies, my uncle is obsessed with movies from the 1920s because they always have a twist. Movies from the 1920s or early like Hollywood, they always had a twist. They'd be like these 80 minute, 90 minute movies. They always had a twist. And when the ending happened, I'm like, oh shit, they really filmed this in the way of a 1920s movie. Even like Ruth, her acting, it's very like a 1920s, like old time movie actress. Give both of these ladies all the awards, all the roses, because you know, when Natalie Portman and Scarlett Johansson did the other Bowling Girl, people were falling all over themselves. I'm glad it was great. They did a great job. But in the same way that these two, black actresses who are powerhouses let's make sure they're getting the same sort of love and respect for all the people who are out there that are part of the strong black lead group at, ne <laughs> at netflix 
We are looking at you. Looking at you. Let's get this content Badass going. Badass boss. We know about you. Let's, Let's do get this. get it. So here's the thing. So I was like, I am shook by this ending. And then I had to, I did some Googling about this movie. And I was like, who directed this? Rebecca Hall. Who's she? Written and directed by Rebecca Hall. Go Google her and you will be like, oh, who's that white lady? Oh, I've seen her. She was in Iron Man 3. She was in King Kong, Frost Nixon, and Vicky Christina Barcelona. I... When you look at Rebecca Hall, you'll be like, oh, yes, this British white lady. Come to find out. So the shookening continued. I read this article about her, and I was extra shook. So. Oh, she's like the boring white girl in, like, every movie. Wait about this. Her maternal grandfather, she learned, was a light-skinned black man who posed for white for the majority of his life. I tell you, I was shookened even further. Did you just go to bed? Because I would have just been like... (laughs) I would have been like, that's it. The day is over. Again, like, I can't. The movie already shook me. And then I read this and I just, I passed out. I was like, damn. And so that's why she was like, I want to write and tell, I wanted to write and direct this story. And so, so it's that brings me to a very interesting question. Yeah. For people who discover this, that they're this black. one drop, this one drop, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. Do they now get to claim that they're black? I'm just putting the question on the table because I've definitely had this experience in person where someone has walked up and been like, well, I'm from the Virgin Islands. I'm black. And we were like, (laughs) and I'm sitting there at a table with four other black women. And we were like, okay, sit down. No, we couldn't be like, no. And we sat there. But I mean, I'll be honest. When she walked away, we were like, okay, Rachel Bell is out. We were like, what is happening here? She's wearing a wig. I think that's an interesting question. Well, I think like, here's the thing. I think it goes two folds because I think on one end you do have the one drop rule, which white people made up. And so it's like, okay, well that's the rules. But I think like, then here's the thing that I do appreciate that, uh, Rebecca Hall wasn't like, let me be in this movie. You know, like she was like, I'll write and direct it, but I want to cast two women who are of darker, you know, like, yeah. I think it's like, how do you, you still have to recognize your, your privilege. Cause I know someone who they are, they're Puerto Rican and I think like in Spanish, but they classify themselves as white to not take up space. They understand that they have privilege and they try and that they people see them That's as a white different struggle even though they didn't they grew up like in the bronx puerto rican da, 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 da. so like they don't try to take up that space and take that name you know well, that's very interesting because i think i know who it is um <laughs> um i it's interesting because they're not trying to take up space in that community and they're trying to create space and i, I think those when you are the one drop person um and i think this speaks to a broader point um of like we are a diaspora. Mm. Like we are not mm. all. I hate. We are not all Foxy Brown. We are not all <laughs> Megan. This st- because I think there is this stereotype of of. I mean, I look at Foxy Brown, who has not made a record in twenty years. You resurrected Foxy Brown <laughs> because oh man, I, we're not gonna talk about this today. We're not gonna get into this today. Oh, we'll save it for the next time when I've watched the whole show. But like, I've been watching Queens. On, I don't even know what channel it's on. I just turn on the TV and look for it. Um, Queens with Eve. And I am like, honestly, somebody wrote this on Twitter. Are you shookened? If, if Eve makes an album, you better call me because I might be passed out on the floor. But like, I'm just going to be like, please, nobody call me. I have to go listen to Eve's album. Uh. Um, so I just feel like, you know, I think there people have these constructs of what black people should look like and what they should be like and behave and talk like and like 
we're not all like that. Some of us are super quiet and don't want to be around anyone. Mm-hmm. And some of us are super talkative mm-hmm. and we are just the life of the party. And we look like, I feel like it just described both of us in some different ways. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, but I, it also we come in different, like, you know, you can take, like, Mariah Carey as well, like, and... It, also black. <laughs> also black. But took her even some time, because it got, like, you know, like, everyone has their own journey and things like that, but yes. also, since it is the holiday season, and every holiday season, Mariah Carey is resurrected, I would be remiss if we didn't mention her new partnership with McDonald's. So, all I could focus on was the fact that she is, like, Hella photoshopped in the image that you so diehard Mar- Mariah Carey fan. Um, she actually grew up like not that far from where I grew up, um, although I think we're several like at least ten years apart. Um, and I think someone I know like was at the high school and she was there, but like, yeah. So obviously very familiar with her and what she looks like and how she's evolved. She, but you haven't seen her in a while. She's not like running around your neighborhood. She might be. <laughs> <laughs> you do roll in a very nice neighborhood. Um, but I love her partnership. So it's the it's the queen of this. Here's the here's what McDonald's Instagram post. They said the queen of the season has arrived and she's got an entire menu full of gifts and goodies with her introducing the Mariah menu. I am. Do you think? Do you collect th- that coin, MC? Collect that coin. Do you think they turned on the ice cream machine and got it to work for Mariah? I'm just curious because it's always broken. Inquiring uh, minds. Oh, you know it works. I'm so curious about this Mariah menu. I've not eaten at McDonald's in a very long time. Girl, but you know what? <laughs> don't do it. Just go in. You're like, look we at got the Shake menu. Shack now. We don't need to do it. But I'm curious. You know what? This is this is. I good. did it one time. This is good marketing and advertising because it's getting me to reconsider. I might go to McDonald's now and get the Mariah menu. Honestly, I have a lot of questions about whether or not this is actually Mariah Carey in this photo, to be honest. That's, how, photo- that's how photoshopped she is. I just love it. It's the partnership we never knew that we needed. And she's got like a new holiday. Do we she's, need it? She's I don't the know. queen of Christmas. She No, she's like, in the last, she's got a new Christmas song coming out. She had one last year. She is really She has trying- a new one coming out? She had one last year where she did it with. I didn't know about that one. Yes, it's a good song. It's a good bop. But it's hard because all I want for Christmas is just such it's a classic, which it's hard to make a new Christmas classic because honestly, we're like, we got all our road jams. We got Rudolph. We got, you know, I'm going to put this out into the universe and bring it full circle to the beginning. Drake got a uh, Christmas album. No, I would oh, love to hear. I would love to hear Adele make a Christmas album. Oh, she would she, do a she good would do a good. We see we would all be like, oh my god, we need the tissues. When I spent Christmas so, with my ex, it would be so emotional. It, it would be, yeah, I agree. She did a uh, she, she did a Christmas bop with uh, J Hud and Ari Ariana Grande. Who's this? Mariah. Her latest that, Christmas oh, song. Oh, it's good. Oh, good. I love it. It's them good. Both. She was like, come on, Ari. Come on, J-Hud. In those three powerhouses. So she has a new Christmas song coming out because she's still trying to like reclaim that Christmas. You know, I'm the queen of Christmas. She's the queen of Christmas. She ain't even got to sing anymore. Simpson. <laughs> Honestly, I think Mariah should call Adele and they should do a Christmas bop. Done and done. That's all you got to do. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, I went to a Native American Indigenous Heritage Month um, conversation and talk. And I took some notes. And I would be remiss if I just didn't download the information that I received to you all. Because it is that time of year to really do a check-in. I mean, we should really be doing a check-in all year long. But I feel like now is the perfect time 
as Thanksgiving is right around the corner. It just feels like such a dirty word. I just I just don't I feel uncomfortable See, with Thanksgiving. I mean I feel I feel differently. I you know, I just look at it as a good opportunity to sit and not be distracted. Well, you might feel differently after my corner. We'll be right I'm gonna ruin Thanksgiving for you. Better help, better help, better get you some better help because you know what? You can't do it alone, folks. You know, we are such huge fans of therapy here on Minority Corner. You know my rule, I don't date anybody who's not been in therapy because if you can't get yourself right, you're not gonna be able to help everybody else. You know, we spend so much more time on, you know, we go to the gym or we, you know, spend so much time fixing our cars or houses or uh, all these other things, but we don't really focus inward. And like I said, we're of no service to anybody else if we don't really take care of ourselves. Even if it's just a weekly vent session, therapy is so key and so important with so many things that are going on on the daily, uh, things that we're trying to recover from or heal from, small traumas, triggers, everybody's got hurt and it all deserves, you deserve to be healed. So y'all better get yourself over to BetterHelp. BetterHelp, it's got customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, which is nice. You don't gotta be camera ready. Come as you are to come do the work. And it can even be more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Minority Corner listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com minority. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com minority. I mean, we're all going, some of us are going back to see our family. So no better time than the present to go get yourself some therapy through BetterHelp. Once again, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash minority to take advantage of that 10% off your first month. Okie dokie. I am, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to, I'm going to broaden your thinking about Thanksgiving and just taking a pause and taking a moment of whose land we're on and thinking about our ancestors and the very different ways all lands had indigenous people on them who were typically wiped out across all over, you know, whether you talk about Europe or, you know, Asia, like there were always some sort of folks who had a deeper connection to the land and just the way that our current structures are set up, they just tend to be wiped out. And so I think it's a time to take a pause and just, you know, think about, you know, the more, ancient ways of ways that we could be connecting and just taking a pause and giving a moment, I think, to especially those of us in America of whose land that we're on. It was a huge genocide that happened. And I think like even ourselves, like as black people can still take a moment, even though we were kidnapped from our home, was brought over here. And I will say I'm 2.4 percent Mesoamerican. So I don't know my percentage, but I am definitely (laughs) you better get that test. (laughs) Just do it. The doctor really wants me to. Just do it. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want the nut. There's so many other things I am more concerned about than like someone cloning me or something. There's just, uh, can we fix the ice caps? I don't know. They already have my data. Facebook has it. It's it's over. 
So I saw there were three. I went to a conversation, which I'm going to link the full conversation that I, I bared witness to. Um, they recorded it. It was a Zoom, and they are allowing us to share it. I highly recommend um, taking some time, put it on in the background. The conversation was so powerful. It was three speakers. Um, there was Lila June, who is a musician, scholar, and community organizer um, of the Dine, but what most people call most people refer to as the Navajo, which is actually like a bastardization because the Navajo is just lumped into, it was many different tribes, many tribes just lumped into the Navajo. Um, and she is of uh, Navajo, uh, Cheyenne, and European lineage lineages. Um, there is uh, Michelle she Michelle who is of the Kali Kaluyanu West, um, a tribe, writer, speaker, thought leader, and traditional member of the uh, Oneida Nation Wolf Clan of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. And then you have Neil Palace, who is also on here, who is of the uh, Haudenosaunee's um, All-American, All-World, and Professional Champion Lacrosse player, who's an international Lauren doing a dance, international public speaker, and I uh, done a lot of stuff. He actually was like worked on you know movie uh, around these different topics, and a member of the o Onondaga Ail Clan. So those are the three people I listened to, and I took some notes. And here are some of my biggest takeaways from this conversation that I, I bared witness to. One, one of the biggest things that they, they talked about is they were talking about how in their cultures and uh, and they have a matri they have a matrilineal they come from a matrilineal. Uh, um, Are they a matriarchy? So they call it matrilineal in the sense that the women pick who their next leaders are going to be. So the the women will, and so it's sort of like this lineage. The women pick the men to be the leaders. Yes. So they have like their the their um like one of the head women will be the one to select which one will be. They they just kind of assign the different so roles. So it's still a patriarchy. <laughs> but the women have. But the women are the ones. I who realize are that's a salty word choice. now. <laughs> I realize that's a salty word. <laughs> All right, so uh, they held what they call an honest fishbowl-style conversation on indigenous experience, both in and outside of the workplace. Um, and their whole entire concept is, you know, through listening to these stories, we're able to shape diverse intersectional experiences and how we can show up as better humans at large. It is so powerful, I have to say, listening anything. I, we should continue to seek out um, older traditions and practices and, and listen to them the ones that are still here because there's something that is so pure and not caught up into these systems of white supremacy and capitalism like capitalism white supremacy it's like put them on the same treadmill and this this belt and we all they get, feed each other we get we get caught up onto it and when you what is so powerful is when you listen to them talk they can trace their lineage thousands of the ones that have survived you know it's such a small percentage of them and the fact that they can trace their lineages so far back and these ancient traditions and ways of thinking and conversations and to just give pause. Um, so I'm determined to bring them in to my company and have them just give a talk. I think think about if more companies listen to them, it would help them shape. And how are we showing up in the world? 
I mean, not even how are you showing up in the, I mean, in addition to show how are you showing up in the world, but also what can you learn from these people yeah. that you can incorporate into your own routines? Yes. I think, you know, you, you have conversations with people and they're like, well, this is how we did it. And it's like, well, we might not have that resource or we have too much of that resource now. Mm -hmm. And in order to offset that lack of or surplus yep. we have to carve a new path and a new way of doing things no matter what it is whether it's cooking singing mm -hmm. whatever your your passion is or whatever you're doing there is a lesson to be taken away there yeah and so one of the big takeaways that has really resonated with me is they talked about how you know in america it's all about you know my rights and, and people fighting for their own individual rights and they were like saying how in their traditions it's all about your responsibility and that blew my mind and so it's like what is your individual responsibility to your community your culture the planet and it just like in you know thinking about that switch it's such a different switch and you know it's and I think too that coming from a community that's been fighting for our rights for, for for so long and so much but that's because that's the system that we again the treadmill that we all are kind of running on and just think about if people made that switch more so as opposed to what is my right or my entitlement, but instead, what is my responsibility to the world around me, the people around me? It'd be a very much different world that we're living in. A hundred, a hundred percent. And and what I'm, what you're saying reminds me a lot of Japanese culture. Mm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to specifically call out Japanese because I think that's the one I'm more, most familiar with. Um, we're, you know, coming back to the pandemic and boosters, like, it is part you're doing your part as part of social responsibility yes. to get your booster. But instead, what was Americans were fighting for? Um, I will say Americans because there were Americans fighting for this. My rights, my rights are being taken away. Right, instead of my responsibility. And I, that's the other thing. So this is at contention with what the the natives of America believe is that though that that belief comes from Europe. Mm -hmm. That is part of. I mean, that is. I'm going to specifically peg it to the British, but I'm sure it also has, you know, roots in the, fr I would say the French as well. Um, and I'm sure the, the Spanish, because they were also have big powers at that time. So I think those three big players, you know, that influence really um, shows up in American culture. And it's just a fascinating thing that I is always talked about at my table um, is how we got to this point of my rights and my individuality. Yeah, it's so funny that so you just brought up something that I forgot and I actually didn't have it on my list to talk about and I probably have to put a pin on it because I didn't do the full thorough research. Um, but there's this they were also talking about how actually a lot of our um, and so this isn't taught in schools, but, you know, in a lot of these native tribes had governance they have this like, there's this idea that oh they were just the savages and da, da, da. actually a lot of our ideas about how to form an american like our our government and having you know representation and stuff like that like ben franklin and them were running around with like being really friendly with these indigenous tribes and mm, they were just being taking, really friendly and take you know just taking their ideas so a lot of the it's again these indigenous folks have had an influence on even just the forming of our constitution so we'll put a pin in that and i'll the earliest forms of appropriation are even our fucking like government right it's like they're like oh that's a great idea we'll steal that and then we're like y'all savages we want to take your land again more more pointing to the things we're probably going to talk about later but again this whitewashing of american history yeah 
right? Yes. See, that's what it, yes, absolutely. And so uh, one of the leaders who were there, uh, Michelle, who's very amazing, she has a magazine uh, that she's launched called Rematriation. Mm-hmm. And because there's, um, she she created this term because it's this idea of, you know, it's an indigenous women-led movement. And, you know, there were a lot of, I will say this, like, although they were choosing male leaders, it still is like the women still had power in their, in their tribe. So it wasn't just like, all right, you over there, baking cookies or something you right. know like they still had but um you know power and there was a lot of respect for women um and that they understood the power of women um and actually women were actually um in a lot of leadership roles actually and so the idea of rematriation is this process of uh you know um returning the sacred back to the mother because this idea that the land is the mother and it's you know returning back to that and so that's what this idea of I rematriation that. isn't that beautiful it is really great she is a go to i will link her in the show notes book this woman have her come and speak to like, your companies everybody who's listening or just your brunch i don't know like but like, i'm sure she's very busy but like she's so amazing i love that you're just like out here promoting her on your own podcast you're like book her for your company so she can come and talk i am gonna book her for my company absolutely i love that um and you know there's this idea of you know how our actions today impact future generations which is something that i think is also 110 yeah. percent coming full circle yeah um, and it's, there's that sightedness again, my rights, what's about, you know, me instead of what's my responsibility for the things that will live on past me. Um, and then they also brought up this point of like, there are over 200 tribes today that are even not recognized by the United States government. So much to un- unpack there because I feel like I didn't know this. Do you know where America gets its name from? Americo Vespucci. Yes, I did not know. Ding, ding, ding. Hi, host of Jeopardy here. <laughs> Trivial um, Pursuit because LeVar, we, uh, breaking news, LeVar Burton is now hosting Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> breaking news. Where did you find that factoid? Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Hey, I'm not, I love your sources. You're like, let me check my sources. Twitter. Um, and it came directly from, and it came directly from LeVar Burton for anyone who's asking. So you know it's true. What I, I did not know the story about America. I did not know about Americo Vespucci. Italian, so that's where we get Italian. the name from. Yep. Italian merchant, explorer, and navigator of um, from the Republic of Florence, and that's where America's uh, you know name was derived from. But let's look at his mission was literally to find people to enslave and extract gold, and so of course because that was what Italy wanted in order to become a superpower to compete with Spain, France, and the, uh, I want to call them the UK, but Britain. Yeah, but isn't that, and so when you hear that, again, this is why like history is so important, which you're going to highlight for us. And so what I, like Lila, when she was speaking, she was like, I refuse to call this America because why would you want to continue recycling this name that like, again, named to this man, his whole entire mission was to find people to enslave and extract gold. And that's the basis wow. of the name of this fucking country. I can't, I literally can't wait till that becomes a popular theory in the United States. That is going to be the pillar that we'll have to, we're about really... to have a name change. <laughs> so, so I have a question yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. What does she think the country should be called? That is literally my next point. Great, Great question. Um, so they call, um, she, she called it the entire time she kept referring it to as Turtle Island. And so this is. I don't know about that. Well, well, let's go back to again, whose land it is. And so there's a story from a lot of Native American indigenous tribes, um, about the, it's a creation story. And so the oral tradition is that, 
the earth was the thought of a ruler of a great island which floats in space and is a place of eternal space and sky woman fell down to earth when it was covered with water or more specifically when there was a great cloud sea and so then various animals tried to swim to the bottom of the ocean to bring back dirt to create land and uh, they succeeded the in they succeeded in, in gathering dirt and it was placed on the back of a turtle and this dirt, dirt began to multiply and also caused the turtle to grow bigger and then the turtle continued to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and the dirt continued to multiply until it became a great huge land and that's what they ended up calling it turtle island originally i think it was um isla tortuga yeah, I mean, when they translated it into yeah, like yeah, yeah. In so Spanish. there's actually a really great indigenous Isla de Tortuga. yes so there's a great indigenous activism movement uh around this and that's when if you ever hear turtle island that's actually what they're referring to of this and so isn't um, there an actual place called like i mean like, there is like, I've like, been a, there. Like, it's in the it's in the caribbean socially yes yeah. exactly yeah. i've been there yeah. yeah um and so yeah so uh there is that that movement there and i'm also like listen here's the thing I say whatever the indigenous people want to call it, then that's what, like, let them, like, rename. Like, this is their land. It's absolutely their land. And I'd be down, like, we live in on Turtle Island. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 so I hear that story. I love that story. I think it's great. <laughs> if it's followed with a butt, then we know that you're about to say something <laughs> completely opposite to what I just said. And um, yet. It's not butt. <laughs> I want to continue. I want to. I'll. I'll I, I want to evolve on that idea because okay, we as a people have evolved on on because that story comes from oral tradition mm -hmm. before there was all of this science mm -hmm. to talk about how the earth was formed. Is there a way to meet in the middle where the knowledge that we have today about how the earth was formed and the story from the past on how the earth was formed? Is there a way to meet in the middle to have a name that honors earth or not even earth because i feel like that story really encompasses earth right. more because so they than no everything else was all going exactly out there, that's yeah. why i feel like that's yeah. inaccurate um is there a way to encompass what we know of what today's current knowledge about the shape of the land the story that comes down from history and is there a way to rename the land so that it is the harmony of both i mean it's it's, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's kind of like when two people get married and have a family, right? Like, yeah, you out what your name is. <laughs> yeah. Something that someone on this podcast was probably thinking about right now. Because he put, he put a ring on it, but maybe they call it, what about Tortuga? I like that name. They just call it Tortuga. I, I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean kind of ruined that word for me. Wow. I didn't see all of those. So Pirates of the Caribbean for you is like what Fast and the Furious is for me. Yeah, I have seen them all, and I've seen them all. Even and the like, fourth one with Penelope Cruz? There's a fourth one? I didn't know about the fourth oh, one. Yeah, oh, yeah, Penelope Cruz. I've seen that. three of them. I've seen three of them <laughs> on, like, I, what at the time was a huge TV, in, like, 8.1 surround sound in, like, a tiny, tiny oh, room. Yeah. Like, the neighbors could hear us watching. See and hear us watching. Part. That movie is so boisterous. It is. It's loud. Um, so, yeah, I do think that there is – I do understand the movement. I really don't – knowing – who America gets its name after? It's like it, it makes my stomach really, really sick. Um, I so never really thought about it. I don't, you know, it's not. And I live in, a, in an Italian neighborhood. Um, and so you should be thinking about this all the time, girl. I walk down Columbus Street. <laughs> you see it all. <sighs> yes, um, you, you know, and it's interesting. Italian Americans have a very strong. I think there's more modern Italian Americans are starting to realize that Columbus isn't who we thought he was. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like. 
kind of like R. Kelly, kind of like, <laughs> you know. Every we, culture has their yes, R. Kelly. exactly. Or their Columbus, you know. Right, right. So they also talked about, you know, um, cultural traditions. Uh, and again, again, like thinking, you know, you had these different cultures who were surviving for thousands of years and living in tune with the land. Um, you know, I didn't even realize this. The American chestnut is almost extinct. Um, the what, is that a tree? The American chestnut, yeah. The, it's a the tree. tree is almost yes. extinct? I did mm-hmm. not know that. Yeah, uh, because there's just mismanagement of land. Even thinking about the controlled burns that, you know, indigenous people used to do controlled burns because the land, it heats up, fires are going to happen, and they would do controlled burns, and then they, it was um, made illegal for them to do these controlled burns, and then... Guess what happened? They out. burned down the state of California. Yeah, and so if we had allowed... if and Not even allowed, but just... Let, followed their wisdom. their wisdom like their wisdom has been going on for thousands of years and they even brought this other point up of like even the way we plant trees is that actually a lot of trees are fighting for nutrients yes. because we're mismanaging lands and sometimes they're like one of them was talking about you know their like grandfather would like look at he's like we used to just plant one tree over there and it would just grow and be so big and so vibrant. And as we would celebrate to, the one tree. Yeah. And they would spray them out. But now you have these trees. They're like, they're starving. And so we don't even understand like how to really even we're like, Oh, these are pretty. And they put all these plants over there. Well, the problem is that we don't, we don't. So this is interesting because I do a lot of gardening. Um, and it's something I tell people all the time. They're like, if a leaf, if if a plant is growing in a certain way, just let the plant grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we just think that it has to be beautiful all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, this plant has one crooked leaf. Yeah. Like you're not perfect. Yep. Um, you know, I had braces. Like I'm not perfect. Um, <laughs> my teeth look much better now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have to let things grow as they would, as they should, and then develop as they naturally would. And we have we as humans in America have oh, now you <laughs> see it's a dirty okay, word we're now. Just gonna say United, <laughs> we're just gonna say United States. We're just gonna say okay, United sir, States. The U.S. Uh, the E.E.U. E.E.U.U. Yeah, um, that's fair. Um, so once you hear, once you realize, you're just like, I can't say this word again anymore. It's the same thing again. With and the, I knew that. I knew the answer <laughs> to that question. Ignorance is Liz. It's the same thing though. Again, like you're talking about these stories of again, like why I have such. Every year, my understanding of what this country has done and learning more about like indigenous stories, it just makes the actual day of like Thanksgiving harder and harder. It's without acknowledging these different things. Uh, we are going to put in the show notes. There's actually a link. Um, you could probably even just Google this without even having to click it, but you can actually see exactly whose land you are on, whose indigenous land you're on. Oh, I've seen this. This is fascinating. Which is, I think, like as you're celebrating your you know th- day of. Thanks, like bringing that into the conversation before, you know, break bread or you, you know, taking a moment and saying, hey, family, we're going to take a look and see whose land that we're actually on and giving, you know, thanks or respect or however it is that you choose to like honor. So I have the privilege of celebrating uh, Thanksgiving on Long Island. Oh. Um, excuse me. Let me use its proper name. Long Island. Um, <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that. Um, you can, though, because you're from there. I'm from Long Island. Yes. Um, but Long Island is very uh, is 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 um, Native American land. Mm-hmm. And in fact, my mom lives in a town, Merrick. Um, mm-hmm. And that is a Native American, uh, a native word. I'm going to just drop the American. No, you can, you, native, a native word. Um, America's because there's a, we now it's like it's such a dirty word. You'll never I say know. It again. I know. I'm never going to be able to say it again. States. We're United States. <laughs> what are we? Um, I know these states. 
we're we're them states them states (laughs) them Them 50 states we're them states uh there's also they brought up uh this case which we've talked about here in the podcast we won't go into too much detail but some homework for you all um the city of Sherelle versus Oneida Indian Nation of New York it was a Supreme Court decision in 2005 Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the majority opinion which upheld essentially that these folks were trying to get their land and 200 years later they're like oh you know there's a treaty it's supposed to be our land um Unfortunately, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like, nope, it's not because, you know, too much time has passed. Um, And so, yes. So there's so many different court cases like this, though, where folks were just trying to even work within this very flawed system to try to get their land back and just not even able to. Um, They also talked about how there's over 5,000 missing indigenous women, that there's even um, an acronym called uh, the MMIWs. Uh, which is missing and murdered indigenous women, um, which is really unfortunate when it's become so common that they had to create a um, acronym for it. Because also too, folks come onto these um, reservations and the same federal laws don't necessarily apply onto there. So there's like, you know, these cases of like, you know, rape and, you know, murder that ends up happening where white folks will come on and just, you know. It's ours now. Do what we do, what they do. Um, and so she also talks about the invisibilization of indigenous folks. They're kind of, you know, put away. We, like you were saying, we don't hear a lot of their, you know, conversations and movements. And because it's in this sort of hybrid space of, uh, you know, they, the, the, this country has like tucked them away. Oh, you're over there given them like you know not a lot of resources or ways to be successful yeah and then sometimes we'll end up like shrinking their land or we need to put telephone wires or an oil pipe through here um and and then if they're like oh there's you know white people coming on here and acting them up they're like well you know it's your own sovereign nation like y'all figure it out it's very interesting um this makes me it it reminds me a lot of puerto rico Mm, in the way mm -hmm. that we abuse these these this group of people yeah yeah i want to wrap up with something that i thought was really interesting because lila june um who she i linked this article and she talks about reclaiming our indigenous european roots she is both um she has european European yeah she has a european ancestry um and growing up she finally is coming to terms with accepting that and loving that side of her because growing up uh with you know her, her her tribe it was like obviously they because you know i get it her like absolutely hurt is even in the right word to describe but they're like fuck those white people right like understandably so but that's a part of her and so she in in her she's this beautiful article and she just really talks about how i mean she comes from connected to traditions of being connected to ancestors and so she um went back to europe uh switzerland and went hiking and just asked her European ancestors to speak to her and she could hear them and, and feel this connection to them. And she started thinking about the European like indigenous folks there, the medicine people of old Europe who had these different, you know, practices, you know, there's an estimate of eight to 9 million uh, European women who were burned alive, drowned alive, dismembered, beaten, raped, or otherwise tortured and called witches. Right. And so even connecting, unfortunately connecting to like, 
the trauma of her other ancestors, you know, but there is this other tradition that was her gateway to get in there. She also talks about this, uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago where Welsh children, well, Welsh, um, if you were caught speaking Welsh in school, you would be, uh, have a block of wood tied to your neck or the words yes. WN inscribed standing yep. for Welsh not. Um, and so again, you're seeing these like persecutions of people who, of, 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 of difference and, you know, she was able to draw that to parallels of here. Like it was, you know, up until 1974, it was illegal for indigenous folks to speak their native languages. Um, and so just finding those sort of those those parallels um, for herself really allowed her to have this peace. And so what I'm saying is, as you are going into this Thanksgiving, like we all have ancestral roots that dive further back to where we are even now and probably have a much more of a connection to the land, to other people, um, to our resources. And so I think it's what I'm asking for is this Thanksgiving is whether you're going to give thanks to, you know, indigenous folks, whether you have indigenous ancestry or not. I think everyone should take a moment, um, but even to your own ancestors of, you know, just giving, I think letting that be a moment for us to go back all of us just kind of going back even further and i think that's the thing i take away from thanksgiving um is always just being able to have that moment of reflection mm -hmm. i think it's the one day of the year it is the one u.s holiday where we're asked to really reflect yeah right because you know i get very this is probably one of the most frustrating times of the year for me um you got halloween in front and people are like all excited <laughs> to go out and get dressed up honestly i'm just dressing up as myself <laughs> from work from home so i have on my overalls and i'm at the bar um <laughs> and then you got christmas behind you everybody's oh i gotta ha hand out all the presents and i'm just like what about thanksgiving mm -hmm. i just want to sit and be with my people mm -hmm. and talk to my people and when you get that moment to sit and be with your people you naturally fall into that reflective that reflective mode you talk about the time that uncle so-and-so did this or grandma did that or remember this trip that we went on right so you do get that chance to reflect and think about your ancestors and i and i, I think that's really important and i think that's one of the reasons why i've always loved it you know i mean i'm with you i'm with you right there and so you can go to native-land.ca to see whose native land that you are on and i really invite everyone to bring that into your practice this year and you know also just giving that thanks to your ancestors and, and taking that pause as lauren was saying and having that that reflection because uh it can't just be the commercialized thing that we're talking about now because they don't they don't commercialize thanksgiving that's why it usually gets skipped over and that is always super disheartening but it can't just be about like pilgrims and giving things i oh, think yeah. i think the chickens have come home to roost. The, that goes in the trash. And there has to be that reflection of, well, of, of, of like, well, this also, this other thing that also happened. So that's my ask to you this Thanksgiving. There's tons of things I'm going to show, throw into the show notes. So definitely take a look. The conversation, full conversation with them will be there. Put it on the background. Maybe play that for during Thanksgiving and have the whole entire family gather around. I guarantee it will just... Uh, it'll empower you. It's really important for us to go back to, to folks who are connected to something so much deeper than this um, white supremacist capitalist rat race wheel we're on. See?
Well, all right, Corner Kids, that was so good. What a great episode. So good. Hope you're feeling more uh, ready to go into this holiday season this next week coming here. And remember, I will be linking in the show notes the talk from the Indigenous um, panel that I went to. Really recommend. Check it out. Uh, it is, it's got to just fill your soul and make you feel even more uh, informed as you're going into this next week. Uh, we're going to have Lauren Carter come back because there's still so much more that we just need to dive into. So let's have Lauren. What are you doing? You come on back next week and uh, we'll be here. So that's it. I just want to thank our editor, Sarah Brown, editor slash producer, better get your name right. And also our production coordinator, Lori Fowler. Y'all are just so great and fabulous. Can't do the show without you. You know who else we can't do the show without? You, listeners. We can't do the show without you and our Maximum Fund members. We appreciate y'all so much. Have a great rest of your week. And uh, goddess speed as you go through this holiday uh, season, whatever that means for you. And we will be back with you next week. So we love you. Be safe, be well, and thanks for listening to Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.